Hey friends, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm Rob Kosberg, and every week I show you how to use a best-selling book to grow your income and your impact. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, I recorded a short video explaining our trademarked process at beginmybook.com. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, Rob here with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. As usual, I have a great guest. I think you're really going to like uh, Sean Doyle. Sean is a principal at Fitzmartin, a leading consultancy focused on sales, marketing, and management. Uh, if you know anything about me, you know I love those uh, subjects. So we'll be diving into that. Uh, Sean's latest book, Shift, explores 19 practical ideas grounded in the science of behavioral change that can transform a business marketing efforts. And uh, we know we need, many of us need our marketing efforts transformed. So, uh, Sean, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Look forward to diving into your magic. Oh, I don't know about magic, but I do have a good story. Oh, okay. So I'd, You want to start I'd with walk, a good story? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I'd, I walked into this prospect's office once, a privately held company, $300 million company, significant group. Small company. And, yeah, and I was meeting with this uh, CMO, and uh, he looked up at me and said, uh, hey, before we start... And I know you want to talk about what Fitzmartin does. Well, so what Fitzmartin does. We're a sales and marketing consultancy. We work with B2B middle uh, middle market companies. We improve their sales and marketing processes. Yeah. So he says, Sean, before you talk about all this stuff that you want to sell me, I need to tell you something that a friend told me about you. Okay. What's that? He had gotten an email the day that I was going to meet with him from a peer of his, another CMO, and he said, I'm reading this book, and you've got to read it. It'll, it's a game changer. And he sent him my book. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I don't know in a 30-year career of selling stuff that I've ever had a better lead-in than a third party sending a book as a referral <laughs> to a prospect. That, uh, um, well, that is a great way to begin this podcast, my friend. <laughs> I thought you might like that story. Well, yeah, it was great. You know the right thing to say. Yeah, I mean, and I agree. I mean, how, what better way to be introduced as the expert and have built-in trust than something like that? So very, very cool. You must have felt so good after you learned that oh, it wasn't yeah. something negative. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I thought I was the king of the world. Um, and we got the deal. And then uh, private equity came in, bought the company and fired everybody. So <laughs> so it didn't end very well. But but the story up to that point was good. So it Those did work. Private equity uh, guys clearly didn't have a copy of your book. They needed a copy. I don't think they would have read it because those guys know everything, right? Uh, good, uh, good point. That's another subject, I think, though. Yeah. So, yeah, we had uh, years ago, uh, my publisher, it's a group called Rock Bench out of Nashville. Mm -hmm. They do business thought leadership publishing. And years ago, he had introduced this idea to me about the kind of the ladder of effectiveness of marketing. And at the bottom rungs was advertising, right? Just because everybody knows every buyer is really savvy. Our, our antennas are tuned and we, we hear an ad and we know that it's paid and that's one point of view. And typically the point of view is, is the selling party's point of view. It's not necessarily because of a history of salesmanship that serves itself, doesn't serve the need of Rob. It serves its own needs. So we've all learned to tune advertising out, right? So it's, it's not ineffective or people would quit 
advertising. Yeah. But it's less effective. We, we understand. We come into it with some skepticism. The higher you get on the rung of ladder, you get into speaking and publishing a book, you know. And so he'd introduce this idea of elevating my marketing to doing more speaking, to doing uh, publishing, um, and the path to getting there, blogging, and, and that all was really great. Uh, and he finally convinced me to try this this book thing, and um, it was a great journey. You know, writing writing has a lot of benefits, um, and even having a, a helper. A go uh, first of all, I think it's a fool's errand if you think you're going to do this yourself. If you're going to dive into a book, um, I had to have help. I had to go to some subject matter experts and say, "This is what I want to communicate," but help me with this understanding. And yeah. then a, really an editor uh, is an incredibly powerful, important part of, of a good book, right? My editor literally called me one day and said, you've built your book all wrong. I'm like, well, wait a second. Yeah. You just, you just told me my baby was ugly. Come yeah. on. And as she said, let me share this with you. She said, I see these three chunks and I think this order of priority should go this way and any executive and this book was written for executives of middle market companies who are frustrated with their sales and marketing efforts but particularly with their marketing efforts because I don't think I've ever met an executive who didn't waste money on an ad agency or didn't waste money on marketing in some way internally externally so that's actually why I wrote the book I was frustrated about that and there's such Marketing is an incredibly powerful business tool that rarely gets leveraged well, right? So there's not, I've never met a CEO who said, Hey, you know, accounting, that's a pretty important thing. My nephew is going to graduate from college with a degree in accounting. Let's just bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make right? you CFO. <laughs> right. But we do that with marketing. We bring in a nephew, a niece, or somebody who, an administrator who's, I mean, come on. What, what would you expect if yeah. you put the new college? And there's nothing wrong with college grads. I am one, right? But don't put me in charge of things day one. I've got way too much to learn. So marketers, uh, this book deals with 19 practical ways these executives. But the point of this is to say my editor said, organize it in this structure. Let them look at it in this way, in this path, and then give a practical bit of advice at the end. Everybody wants to know, not about the subject, but what to do. Yeah. Uh, so there's a practicum after every chapter of this book. And I think that that journey, having it published by somebody who knows what they're doing, who knows how to promote, who knows how to structure uh, and position helped a lot and an editor helped a lot and the thing that it really helped me with is it helped me codify what i believe mm. like you you can say you believe something and at the next party you can say something else and nobody knows or the next business meeting and nobody knows what you said in the last meeting but you write a book yeah people start quoting it back to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a surprise of this journey you know, I know, yeah, and in fact, I can remember a specific meeting. Somebody said, on page 86, you said, ba, 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 ba. And I'm thinking, I've got no idea on page 86 what I said. Right. But that's, it was pretty exemplatory. Exemplatory? Ex explicitive? What am I trying to say? It was a good demonstration of, uh, of what happened. Demonstrative. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really incredible, uh, how it helps you when you write, you clarify, you get better. And probably not many people think I'm going to write a book so I learn more. 
Mm. Right. Yeah. And that, but that's that's a practical thing. I hear it all the time. Do you? I, yeah. I, I do. I hear it all. Uh, just yesterday, I was having a uh, interview with a podcast guest that said the exact same thing. And the funny thing is, I want to get back to something that you you said in the beginning of this part of the conversation. But but I at least want to mention this is uh, talking about your page eighty six story. It surprises me sometimes with with my books, you know, not just when people quote uh, the page or the story, but oftentimes I will go back and I'll read it. I'll go, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> what I codify. Right. I yeah. I, I forgot. I, you know, did you ever experience that yourself? <laughs> no, I just in fact, I just pulled this book out of my the boxes in the back here. I'm going to have to scan it again. See what I said. It would not so. be a bad idea. You might you might be surprised. <laughs> um, but I want to go back to something you said that I think is very, very interesting. And um, I've never heard it uh, described in that way. Um, but I teach something very similar. I call it the hierarchy of desire. And I talk about how talking about college degrees or, um, you know, expertise that uh, even for a doctor, a doctor that is a generalist is at the very bottom of the hierarchy of this pyramid. Uh, sure, they'll make good money because they went to school for 12 years. But if they're a generalist, they're going to make the least. A, a specialist might have a few initials after their name, but it's only when someone becomes an author is on television, radio, podcast, blogs, becomes a celebrity because of their own social media, their own uh, authority, that they become desired and so their income rises. It sounds like, I'd like to, to hear more, it sounds like that was expressed to you, but not so much with education, but with marketing. You had the advertisers on the bottom of the pyramid and then it kind of went up from there. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think the key, I mean, so if you're a client of mine, uh, I'm going to tell you that when you're looking at how to make your marketing and sales more effective, the key is always going to be positioning and that, and that positioning is the singular proposition mm. upon which anything in sales and marketing stands yeah. with weak positioning. Good luck, right? You might make some money to your point. And I, so I, I think the key is positioning allows relevance, right? So if, if I am an expert in marketing to electrical manufacturers, then I should write a book about electrical manufacturing marketing, not marketing. Oh my gosh, right. how many marketing books are out there? Who cares about marketing books? Right. You know, unless you're one of the, you know, the, the original guys that have been sitting on that shelf for 30 years, then, you know, I'm not going to read you. If you're David Ogilvie, I'll still read your books. Sure. But nobody, nobody listening even knows who David Ogilvie oh, is anymore. We love right? David Ogilvie. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a stud. Yeah. Well, actually, he was way, you know, he was the king of long format copywriting. Sure. sure. He would have been the proponent of blogs, right? He was a content guy. So sure. His famous he's actually a, Royce ad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, he was also famous for buying every product he ever marketed. Mm -hmm. So he owned a Rolls Royce. Yeah. He also had, uh, he measured the, the hedges of his English estate in miles, not <laughs> I did not, not know feet. that. <laughs> yeah. So wow. he did okay. But so, yeah, so this idea around positioning is really critical and, and narrowing, narrowing, narrowing. And I find that the idea of giving it away scares a lot of folks, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm producing content, whether it's a book or another format, if, if I tell the customer everything, then they don't have to call me. Well, the reality is the customer in today's world, uh, information is proliferated in a million different ways. And the best information, Google's always going to figure that out. 
and the best information is going to rise to the top. So if you write obtuse thoughts and, and incomplete thoughts, thinking that somebody is going to call you to get the rest of the answer more than you're fooled because yeah. somebody else is, is going to do it. You've just always got to remember it's the application of these concepts that's so critical and so hard. And that's why they hire you. That's why they buy your product. That's why they bring your service into their business. So just give it away, right? You can go to fitzmartin.com slash free help, and I will give you the framework that we use. And it's incredibly helpful. It's wherever the behavioral science applied to sales and marketing gives a third-party perspective that's not some marketing hubris or sales hype. It's just real. It's, it's data-based. Mm. There's not a business in the world, retail, I specialize again in B2B, emerging middle market, typically a lot of manufacturing. But if you want to help your retail story, you still have to understand how people change behavior because if they're not contemplating using your product or service and you want them to buy your product or service, you've got to take somebody through change. So if you just understand that, it's free. You come get it. You can come, you can listen to videos on my website. You can read the book. There's two chapters about what we do and how we do it. I am glad to give it to you. I'm not scared of that because I know you're going to struggle and need a guide. I need that surgeon, that expert surgeon, not yeah. the generalist MD, to do the work. Yeah. You might figure it out, but probably not. And it's not like I'm, it's not a secret. So- it's not even my science. <laughs> Who am I pretending? It's uh, you know, it's these three brilliant behavioral scientists that figured this out. Yeah, I just applied it to this one position, this one idea of sales and marketing. So yeah. that maybe was a long no, you know, no. bag of wind for you well, there, was, Rob. But, it, um, we went on a tangent, but it was a very good tangent because that is a very common question that we get asked. Which is, you know, how much do I give? How much of my content do I hold back? And and we say the None exact same thing. Give your <laughs> best stuff. Uh, first of yeah. all, we want people to write big checks, not little checks. And people that write big checks aren't, they don't have time to try to figure out how to do everything. The people that are writing little checks, the price of the book, the reason that they're only able to write little checks. So don't be offended if you're listening to this right now. But the reason most people are only able to write little checks is because they spend all their time thinking about the, the next shiny object or implementing this instead of get the best people involved to do the thing that they're good at. You do the thing that you're good at, and then everybody will, will succeed together. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. That mentality and saying I've never, you. never heard that quote before, Rob, and I am absolutely stealing it. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, the worst are and our worst customers are the ones that come in and, and say something like, we need you to teach our staff how to do this. Yeah. And, and they may not say it directly, but right. like I, I'm not in the business of educating marketers. I'm in the business of giving strategic direction and guidance. And occasionally I can teach. But if you tell if you tell me in the beginning the goal is for me to teach you, then you should send your staff to college or something. Not right. not try to run a project. You know, we we were talking about it today. That the worst uh, video project we've ever done. The client insisted that their art director and copywriter and director of strategy be involved. The whole way through and it tripled our costs now we didn't get paid for that but yeah. it tripled our costs so uh, we're just not doing that anymore yeah, you'll never, <laughs> you, what a great lesson learned <laughs> 
Yeah, so they could have, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that was shame on me, right? Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So to your point, I mean, if you, yeah, people who write big checks, just get it. Go hire somebody who's great at it, move on. You know it's going to be done well, and you're the beneficiary of that. And that both both parties win. So, yeah, share it, man. Yeah. Share it. I I have a question for you. I'm always, I'm really interested in this. So in the, in the ladder of uh, marketing effectiveness, if speaking in books are at the top, how has the market today changed? Because I see, I, I had the fortune to be published by a publishing company versus self-published. Yep. Tell me about the perspective. What do you see in the marketplace, the value of a book? Has it changed in 10 years? Is it better? Is it higher? Is it lower? Does it matter? I don't think it's changed. I, I think people respect authors. If you want speaking engagements, if you want to speak on the best stages, you have to be an author. They require it. Even if people aren't as much avid readers, the people that write the checks understand that the guy that wrote the book on it, the gal that wrote the book on it, is the person that we want to get involved. And okay, so at this one point, my publisher looked at me and said, I was stressing about something, and like I forget what it was. And he looked at me, and he said, Sean, you do realize no one's going to read your dumb book. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking you're my publisher. What are you talking about? But I th- horrible. <laughs> I think your point is what he was trying to make. It's a credibility. It's a bar. If you don't have this, you're not in the club, and you just can't. You can't avoid that. So it is true. I mean, and I we- think. The big check writers probably don't read the book. They just want to know you've got the chops. Yep. Yep. I mean, we suggest to our clients to find ways to give their books away and not you go to a speaking engagement. So you put a book on every seat, 500 books. No, but find ways to get your book into your ideal client's hands. I'll give you an example. My book is a Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestseller, published promote profit. It's probably sold 75,000 copies, something like that. Uh, Okay, so you listeners who don't know, that's huge. It's pretty big for a book about (laughs) writing books. Oh, that's huge. (laughs) What what percentage of the world sells more than 5,000 books, Rob? Tiny. It's uh, certainly well less than a – it's a fraction of a percent is what it is yeah Uh, yeah that's amazing the interesting thing is i have a direct mail campaign that we're uh, starting in uh two weeks and i am sending a thousand physical copies of my book out to ceos of companies between 20 and 100 million free book i gotta print it i have to spend the money to ship it and i'm sending it to people that have never heard of me for one reason You know, of course, there'll be a nice sales letter uh, introductory, but one reason. I know these people have the money and desire and can use a book. And so let me be the guy that wrote the book on writing books uh, to them. And so all I need is a couple of percent of those people to become clients and I'll five, six, seven, maybe 10x my investment. And so find ways. Maybe you don't want to spend 20 grand on a direct mail piece. Uh, but you know what? You could spend a couple thousand to find ways to get your book into the right people's hands, and it, it's mm-hmm. a game changer. So like you said, give it away. You meant the best content, but I would even take it a step further and say find ways to give your book away to the best oh. people. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I feel like a, an infant here. I don't even want to tell you oh, I uh, know. How, many I books, know. Please how many books I've sold, but um, it's probably – 
Let me see. You said 75,000. So that would be a 10% would be 70. Ooh. So I'm probably 5% of what you've done. Well, your book, uh, is, which your is, book baby. is newer. So, you know. Well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it might be that you're better at marketing books and promoting books. And, and that was a lesson I learned. Yeah, that is a lesson I learned. Writing a book is not the same as publishing and promoting a book. Mm. And I didn't invest enough in that part of the job. Mm. Uh, I mean, it even, this is going to, I'm just so embarrassed. It took me a year, year and a half to even get it on my own website, right? I'm, I may be the worst marketer <laughs> listening or on this podcast. Um, it's, so you've just really got to under, I mean, a book is great, but a, a book on a shelf in a dark library has very little value to anybody. Yeah. Listener, reader, writer, doesn't know about it. So you've got, I just don't think you can underemphasize the promotion of a book. Yeah. Right. That's got to be part of it. Yeah. Well said. Can we shift gears and talk a little bit about how you're using your book? The first story you told is beautiful. And what I tell my clients is, you know, the reactive methodology of your book making a difference, which is you don't even know what's happening. So yeah. people contact you and you're reacting to like you found out he has your book and he's reading it. You're reacting. What about proactive stuff? Uh, yeah. You know, what ways that you're proactively using your book for speaking engagements or or media like we're on right now, yeah. that that sort of thing? Well, there certainly has been and I will say they're the reactive side of that. Things. There certainly have been a lot of really nice little personal moments that yeah. you know you've impacted somebody's life when somebody mentions it. It doesn't happen to me a lot, probably not like you, um, certainly not like uh, J.K. Rowling maybe. But, um, you know, just reading a book and, and telling an author that it made a difference, like that just feels great. That's yeah. like it's good to contribute to humanity, and that's, that's neat because I do want to have an impact, and I think good people want to have an impact in life. I guess bad people want to have an impact in life too, but <laughs> – um, Every, evidently, yeah. everyone wants to make an impact. Everybody wants to make a difference. So that's a good that's a good part of it. So how do we use the tool? So yes, we use it uh, with speaking. I'm a Vistage speaker. I'm a convened speaker. Uh, I do some other things like that and speaking moments, and, and those are fine. But more often, so maybe sold a little shy of a thousand books, but and that's. Uh, that was never my expectation. I didn't ever think I was going to make money that way. Yeah. And the, the better use of it and the more helpful use of it is two ways. One, you meet a prospect, somebody who is um, maybe not ready for the services that we provide. You know, let's I keep focusing on this B2B emerging middle market company, or maybe it's even somebody that's not in our, our wheelhouse. But I know I can help them through a video series that I've created that's really the book articulated that way. You can come to seanmdoyle.com and spend a couple bucks and go through me teaching about all these things. Or you can buy the book. Or if it's a prospect, I'll just give it to you, right? Yeah. I can't, a lot of meetings, I'll just I'll end by saying, I think this is great. Your business is fabulous. I think the best thing for you to do is to start by building a foundation of the way – Mr. And Mrs. Executive, that you think about marketing and sales. And that's what the website's for. It's, uh, I don't want to say kind of grow you up into the success when we can help, but 
it's just a helpful thing, right? And it's yeah. not a ton of money and sell a few a year and it's it's fine. But the more the financially as a seller, put my sales hat on, we use it often when we have a prospect meeting that is a fit for us. We really do know how to move the needle in that business. Well, any kind of complex B2B sale has what multiple decision makers and certainly multiple influencers. The book is an incredibly powerful tool to share with somebody. So you've got this point of contact and it's just such a great thing. And I always have a third party do it. I feel like it, it would be just a bunch of hu- hubris for me to say, well, read my book. Yeah. But it's really going to help you. But I, I'm not too ashamed to have my staff do it. Right. So my team will say, hey, what if we send you two or three books? You could share it with your executive team or you could share it with that person in your organization that's suspicious of because we've hired three agencies and they all ripped me off and it wasn't worth the money and people do that uh, that they're willing usually as a late stage reassurance building tool within their company so that's been by far the most effective use of the book for us is to use it late stage for those influencers who you may or probably never will even meet and then the other use is exactly what you just said it's an incredibly good direct mail tool Mm. hey we want to write this book we know something about your space love to meet you someday love it love that's a great tool yeah Yeah. beautiful beautiful great usage love having the staff get in there and and send copies of the book that's uh you know, just to mention another great kind of uh, what's the what's the term? It's more discreet, I guess. Is um, you know, I'm sure your book is full of. I want to read it, by the way. I love the cover too. Uh, I'll get you a copy. Book. Yeah, I love. I love it. It's going to cost you twenty five dollars, though. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm going to implement all the things in it anyway. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm kidding. You're not so, a on-target prospect so, for me. So clearly, right? Clearly, I wouldn't be if I said that. But um, you know, a great way to, I guess, uh, you know, get them, allow them to dip their toe in the water is. Uh, you know, throughout the book, you have stories, you have case studies, you have examples. And when one fits the best, you know, telling somebody, here's a copy of my book, read it. Oftentimes it's like, oh, where do I begin? I don't have time. It's 200 pages. There's, it feels like a commitment. I don't know if that's how you feel. It's often how I feel. But if someone sends me something and says, you know, hey, uh, read this chapter and, uh, the, I can do that. Yep. Uh, I got 15, 20 minutes to read this chapter. It's a helpful way for me to dip my toe in, and then and then usually I'm hooked, you know? Yeah, and I was just thinking, I think it's chapter four on reframing the marketing job. And in chapter four, I give executives four questions to ask in the interview, and I give you the answers you need to hear back to know whether you should hire mm. uh, this person or not. It would be sort of like me hiring, uh, well, an accountant, right? Mm. I know some about accounting. I can pretend I know a little about I can read a P&L, all that stuff. But if I was interviewing for a CFO, I don't really understand deeply how to ask the questions, much less know what answers I need to hear to those questions that That's I don't good. know. That's a great so if I have this third party example, you know, then it's just like a little litmus test. Ask these four good. questions if you don't hear these answers. And so that's been my favorite chapter to give away. And just say, go look at that chapter. I'm, I'm writing a new book. I am going to include that chapter in my new book. That is a brilliant idea. Sure. And it's an important idea. The way you described yep. it, the way you framed it, 
if you were going to hire somebody that's an important integral part of your business, it would be good yep. to know the questions that you need to ask. Um, so yeah, that's perfect. Very, and I'll get back with good. you on the uh, the licensing rights to the use of that idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll have my. <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sean, I've had a good time talking to you. I mean, really, uh, really learned a lot and uh, love the stuff that you do. I mean, you gave a couple of links, but let, let's give some links to the listeners of best place to interact with you, learn your stuff, sure. get your book, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's two ways. One is seanmdoyle.com, S-E-A-N, Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E. Make sure you get the M in there. And there's some free videos there that can explain the concept around the, the idea of the science and how do you use this science? How do you apply it? And it can, it's a, uh, it's not a freshman, it's not a sophomore. It's probably a junior level course on, uh, how to, how to do that. And then, you know, of course you can find shift 19 practical business driven ideas on Amazon or just shoot me an email. It's Sean at Fitzmartin, S E A N at F I T Z M A R T I N dot com. In fact, Rob offered for the first five of you. He's going to pay for them, and I'm going to ship them. So it's all good. I don't recall that, but maybe you heard it and I didn't. I love it. I'll tell you what. I'll still send the first five of you books, but Rob will not get a bill. How about that? Very good, man. Great, great chatting with you. Uh, love your expertise. Love what you do. And uh, excited about reading uh, reading the book. And uh, at least That's great. Uh, at least four others will as well. First one and I've got another book in process. I, I think I have to set a follow-up meeting with you to learn more about what you do. It looks like you've got a great organization. And uh, so 75,000 books sold, Wall Street Journalist, is your promise if I publish through you, right? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> but but I can we actually do have a marketing uh plan and we do have a guarantee of Wall Street Journal and USA Today. So that is uh wow. that's pretty significant. That's seven to ten thousand sales in a week. Um that's what it takes to hit the Wall Street Journal list. Uh, mine was, I don't know, number two or three on the list. Uh we're launching one on Monday for a client. We're launching another one two weeks after that. We do two or three Wall Street Journal launches a week. We do two or three other Amazon launches every single week. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess that's a plug. Interesting for, for me. So, great. yeah. Well, good plug. I, I never talked about that on the podcast. I probably should, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come on, Rob. You need a marketing counsel. I obviously need a marketing help. Uh, Sean, <laughs> thank great. you for having me on, yeah, Rob. Thank you. Thanks for being on and uh, being uh, fun to talk to and and uh, and wise in your expertise. Oh, thank you. Hey, thanks for listening in on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast because every week I bring you either great guests or great teaching to help you to grow your income and your impact with a best-selling book. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, check out my short video which explains our trademark process at beginmybook.com.